Welcome to Vision Again. I'm Rob Holly, and I'm hosting another one of those podcasts about the Eurovision Song Contest. Today's interview is very special. I recorded it on what would have been the first Friday of rehearsals. So my apologies that I didn't get it out in time for Shine a Light, but I think you'll find it's worth the wait. In this episode, I've been chatting to the hometown boy himself, Jean-Gu McCroy, who would have been representing the Netherlands with Grow. Don't take it personally, don't be offended, don't mind my mood, changing like the weather, God knows I try to hold it all together, oh I'm getting older, and it ain't what I thought it would be, wide awake. Honestly, I've loved listening to Jean Gu's stuff. It's been like rediscovering Rufus Wainwright. So go listen to his Spotify channel. It's really, really great. Like I say, Jean Gu would have represented the Netherlands this year, and I think he would have done incredibly well. Obviously, the Dutch broadcasters also think that too, as they've given him a golden ticket to 2021. I'm going to shut up now and play the interview. I caught up with Jean Gu on 8th of May during lockdown and we spoke about his music, his plans for next year, his twin and also ducks. There's an old joke about uh, gay men are at the peak of their powers the first week after a haircut. So I'm feeling really drained now, <laughs> seven weeks or eight weeks into this lockdown. Um, so it's, it's, it's the lockdown. <laughs> it's corona. It's, we, 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 all, we all get it. We're all oh, in it. man. Every single Zoom meeting I've been into, it's just, you can sort of see yourself getting more and more disheveled. And, you know, that's, that's that. Um, well, here, here, in, here in the Netherlands, uh, the, the hairdressers are... are uh, back in business really? on, from yeah uh from next week on may 11th yeah wow so you're not as lockdown yeah. sort of eased a bit there or is it uh they're slowly beginning to to yeah opening up some of some of the businesses and schools schools oh, okay. are also starting starting and from june there there will be theaters uh, only 30 people allowed, but still wow. there's something happening. <laughs> Let's oh. see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, something to look forward to at least. And how are you? Are you yeah. okay? How are you dealing with the, the lockdown and the COVID-19 situation? Well, uh, it's ups and downs, yeah. of course. Um, uh, well, at first I was the big disappointment that your vision was not was right, you know, cancelled. Yeah. Um so that was that was like a hard cut in, in, in the yeah and just the, the the way we were working towards like May and and the performance and I was yeah. so happy with the whole, whole entire team and everybody got it. So that's the thing. Yeah. And where are <laughs> you at the moment? I'm at my grandmother's. Okay. Is that tonight. in Rotterdam or yeah. It's in Amsterdam. It's okay. Amsterdam. Ah, okay. And all of your friends and family are around you in Amsterdam. That's that's where you're based. Uh, well, a lot of them. Um, actually, uh, my parents and my little sister uh, uh, live in, in Suriname, okay. where I was born. Um, 
but I do have a lot of family over here. Yeah, yeah. And do you go back to Suriname much or are you permanently in we Amsterdam? Are. Well, sometimes I, yeah, I go back to just to visit my family. Yeah. I try to go at least once a year. Um, as soon as uh, there are flights, I think I want to head over there again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so weird people saying, oh, like, what are you going to do? The first thing you're going to do when this lockdown finishes. And I think so many people are, A, just going to go to the pub, but B, make sure that they see their family and friends. It's been so long now. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. And um, yeah. like, I think, so I've never been to the Netherlands and that's one of the things that I was really looking forward to was going to Rotterdam and then visiting Amsterdam yeah. as well. So yeah. there'll be people listening who are also in that position of, of, of missing out on that. From a music mm-hmm. slash nightlife perspective, how would you describe the Netherlands? What would you be doing on a night out on a Saturday evening? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you can't just say staying well, that, home and watching Netflix. That's fine if you don't go no, out. But like, <laughs> no, but I didn't go out that much yeah. in in Amsterdam. But there, there is a lot to do there. I we I did go to like theaters and and plays, and um, even sometimes we, we went dancing. Um, that that's a gay street, the Regeluursbarstraat, uh-huh. which is full of these cafes, which is super nice, especially in the summer because everybody's outside and everybody's like socializing and yeah. being really happy about the nice weather. Um, and besides that, yeah, like. Mm, there are also like these concert halls who are there's there's always a lot happening in in, in Amsterdam like you can if you want to you can you can like fill all your free times with 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 going to concerts or dancing or whatever yeah I really I really love because because I'm not I'm not I'm not from the Netherlands so Mm. but from the first time I visited Amsterdam um as a uh as a grown-up I guess I was 19 um I, I just fell in love with it because it's just, it's 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 so beautiful and the culture is so rich and I'm so happy that I that I get to live here now. Oh, it sounds ideal. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really sad now. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll get there eventually. We'll see what happens. Eventually, I, I, and I, you know, obviously they're bidding again for 2021. So hopefully everyone gets to experience Rotterdam and also Amsterdam yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. It will happen, but you know. And do you do a lot of gigging in uh, Amsterdam or, and around the Netherlands? Well, around the, around the Netherlands, um, yeah. Every now and then, I, I was actually uh, besides all the preparations preparations mm. for Eurovision, I already I also had this uh, theater tour that I was going on with my band. Okay. Um, uh, but we also had to like cancel that and find new dates yeah. dates in, in in the fall. Um, but yeah, I was I was about I was about. To, to, right now, I would also be touring across the Netherlands, and um, I really miss it. I really miss it. <laughs> well, and as well, I guess presumably, right now, this second, you'd be rehearsing for the Eurovision Song Contest because it's it's That's Eurovision Week, cool. isn't it? Yeah, so it must be really yeah. impacting quite hard. How are you finding that? Well, <laughs> you've noticed I try not to think about oh, it. That I'm much. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to talk about it. I mean, we, it's, we have you to know. talk about it. Yeah. So today would actually be the my first rehearsal. Actually, yeah. Friday the eighth. Um, 
I was I was I was looking forward so much to um to just to 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 to, to perform and 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 I was so happy so content with all of the plans we had for the staging and with my whole team everybody was um yeah, we just got it, and everybody was enthusiastic, and it was like, like you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do do this, and um, yeah, it, it's so funny because in my my song, I I, I talk about like uh, uh, accepting that that you can't predict how life is gonna go, and it's oh, yeah. all about the highs and lows, everything. I ne- I never thought that <laughs> like it would also. Um, fit 2020 and this whole crisis we're in with the whole world it's crazy the year started off so so promising and so beautiful and it's okay yeah but you could that promise is still there the promise isn't going away and also you're one of the lucky ones right so you've been given the golden ticket to 2021 yeah which, which is i guess in a way it's exciting because you've got a whole year now to like write Mm -hmm. your best song and to do your absolute yeah. best, but also, God, that's got to be, you know, quite, quite intense. There's a lot of pressure now to, to really deliver. Yeah. I try not to think about the pressure. Um, and I try to focus on just the fact that it's, uh, that I'm one of the lucky ones. And yeah. I'm so grateful that, that the broadcaster here, um, immediately, um, said that they wanted me to do it next year. So I'm very happy about that because, uh, knowing how much work it, uh, goes into the preparation, um, I think every every candidate deserves to to be at uh, Eurovision twenty twenty one. But okay, um, yeah. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I, like I look. I think the Netherlands know they're onto a good thing. I was. Um, I spent today yeah. listening to some of your other stuff on Spotify, and oh, I really yeah. needed that sort of chilled, soulful, lovely music. Yeah. And there's such a beautiful oh, tone to your voice. I hope you don't mind me saying. I could roll me a joint and smoke it up till I can't stand straight anymore. I could pour me some wine and drink it up till everything is spinning around. But none of that can take me there. I'm still feeling None of this can take me there. I don't want to settle for less no more. I'm so pleased that we're going to get to hear that again on the big stage. It's really, really fantastic. Um, so thank you for that. Saying thank you for your voice. Thank you. Your, your voice is great. Thanks for that. Um, but, um, so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> talk to me a bit about your career and how, how you started in music and the sort of path that you've chosen to carve for yourself. Because listening to that music, you've got a really identifiable um, sort of unique uh, signature sound. You can tell mm-hmm. it's from you. Yeah. Well, it all started in Suriname. And I actually, I have a twin brother, um, who also has the same talents and the same passion. So from the get-go, I actually had someone who um, was as passionate about music as I was. Yeah. So um, I also was, a, we also had a, had a, had a band together. Um, so we created, I wrote my first songs with him. I, from the get-go, I had, I had a co-writer. And so when I moved to the Netherlands at 20 years old, um, that was the first time I I 
I had to figure it out on my own mm. and I had to figure out but who am I without him? Because when you're a twin, you're like, you know, you're, you're, you, you, maybe you, you, sometimes you cover up the things that, that, that you're not, not, not as good at. <laughs> as in, yeah. Like, right. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. What were the bits um, that you were good at and that he was good at? What were you covering up for him? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the most important part, important part of my artistic development was moving here without him. Yeah, and have to figure out, having to figure it out on my own, and um, um, yeah. So I'm, 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 I learned a lot in those years. He also lives in in Amsterdam now. Okay. But, um, I guess that was, uh, yeah, that that was a really important period for me, being on my own. Yeah. And I'm assuming like, uh, in Suriname and I'm afraid if I get this wrong, please correct my pronunciation, but is it Paramaribo? Paramaribo? Well, well, that's the, the, the English pronunciation. Okay. What's the, what's the Surinamese? Oh God, I can't even say Surinamese. Yeah. How do you pronounce it, please? (laughs) So terrible. Paramaribo. Paramaribo. Okay, cool. Paramaribo. It's it's like it's that. It's like mm, it's with the the rolling R and the short syllables. Oh, of I can't see. I can't do the rolling R, which is why I can't sing along to that Cleopatra song. It's just beyond any of my capabilities. Okay. Um, but I'm guessing in like Paramaribo, there's no um, there's no Eurovision Song Contest, and you guys no. mustn't have known about it until um, until your twenties, I guess. Well, I, I knew about it um, because, um, you know, there's a history with Suriname and the Netherlands and okay. some, of the, 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 some of the Dutch artists, their success, like we, we hear about that. Some of, some of the artists, we know them. And, and I'd been to, to, to the Netherlands um, before just, on, just to visit family here. Yeah. And so I knew about the success of... Uh, uh, the common linens and Anouk, yep. but but I I, I I I did not have an idea about how big it was until I moved here. Yeah. So the dream to to participate actually, um, yeah, that 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 was something that that was that happened when I moved here. And why yeah. do you think? Um, so I'm I'm saying this is a Brit, and we don't do very well at Eurovision anymore because we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we've quite got to grips with what we need to be doing, I think is the nicest way of putting it. Uh, so the Netherlands, like they send these really high quality, classy, complex songs. Why do you think the Netherlands are just so good at Eurovision? Well, I think, I think the switch came with Anouk. Mm. That was 2013. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people were surprised that an artist, because she's like, the biggest female artist in the Netherlands yeah. that, that she would do that because, because, because the, um, because the years, the years before that, 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 that the success wasn't there actually, mm. but that was a turning point because it also inspired other artists, um, to, to, to follow in her footsteps. And, um, I think what helped in, in the success was that um, the focus became less on the artist eventually, but more on the song. Mm. 
Right. And, and, uh, well, yeah, like last year, they Duncan didn't have a really a profile here in, in, in the Netherlands. I mean, he was selected just purely on the song. And I, well, I, I guess that's when you, when you, uh, yeah, when you focus on, on what it's about and that's just finding a song that, that, that transcends language barriers and just, you know, it's all about pure emotion and authenticity. So, yeah, I think that's a part of the success. I, I think I'd agree with you on that. It's all about the song. And if you haven't got the song at the heart of it, then um, it, it doesn't matter about the other elements to it. You need to be able to tell a story that comes from your heart. And, uh, yeah. you know, that that may sound a bit... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a nice word for it. <laughs> Sometimes I can get a little bit wistful about the whole process in it. But it, it, when you see the acts that do really well at Eurovision, it's about telling a story, isn't it? And I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. The Netherlands tells really great stories and that's... Just um, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, who are your musical heroes? Um, well, I have a lot, actually. Mm. Um, well, my mother, when I, if I'm going to start at the music that I heard as a kid in, in, in our house, Hold, uh, my mother listened to a lot of uh, 90s divas, so Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> and Tony Braxton. So that's, I, that's where my love for the f- female vocalist, I, have a, I really love female vocalists and strong vocalists. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to listen to the reggae or R&B stuff. But I think the, the soundtrack of my youth, because my mother just really... Uh, played that record like almost every day was the Mariah Carey MTV Unplugged uh-huh. which, which is incredible still to this day I think it's so inspiring because it's just it's live and it's, it's beautiful band sound and amazing voice and these gospel vibes that's this is really something that's in my DNA somehow yeah and isn't she um, getting she's getting like the lamely to go back and get her all these new number ones now in the US isn't she yeah, and it's like a revival. Like, <laughs> she knows what she's like, doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows what she's doing. Um, and later on, as a teenager, um, I guess my own personal taste just expanded because I also discovered things that weren't played at home, like yeah. um, pop, pop rock music, like Paramore or Kelly Clarkson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Beyonce. But also I just discovered like, the what well, a bit older generation artists like Johnny Mitchell or mm. and, and Nina Simone. So I, I guess I guess my taste is like it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the place. I, I, I like I just focus on on a good song and on good lyrics and a good delivery and that if it if it if it touches me then I like it. Good good way to be. I think like lyrically as well, you're clearly one of the strongest contestants for uh, for lyrics. And I think sometimes when okay. you listen to Eurovision songs, uh, the lyrics sometimes can take a bit of a backseat in a way. Uh, but um, uh, I was listening to Grow and some of the other stuff. And for me, it came across as um, very similar to stuff that like Rufus Wainwright might have written. And, you know, I, so I'm all, all there for that. Thank you very much. Tell me how Grow came about. <laughs> grow well i um it was last year in 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 the spring i released my second full album Uh and i've been building um on my career with my long-term producer perquisite for like three three and a half years and it was actually non-stop working um but it actually reached a point where i 
I kind of reached the limit. Um, so I was, if I was, I had a period that if I was writing, it was all about how I was so uh, tired <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, so I went, I actually went through a, a very dark period for a while, um, which was was the first time in my life that I actually experienced just being down and not feeling like I had the the the, the strength to fix it myself. Mm. And I was so lost. Um, I think I, I'd lo- I, I lost a bit of um, trust in my own uh, vision and abilities. But that changed, actually, when I started to, op- to open up to... Uh, no, when I started being honest with myself. Because I, I wrote Grow right after meditating because I really felt that I needed to, to get it all out. Um, and I was as honest as I, as, as I'd ever been, um, without, without, um, making, making it sound better than it, than it was. And that's why the first part of the song is, is really like all about the struggle and a lot of, Oh my God, I don't know. And it's not what I thought it would be and all that stuff. And once I got that out, um, I guess that's when the, the, the healing started. Um, and a few weeks after that, I wrote the second part, which is, uh, or, yeah, which, which has a bit more optimism and a bit more hope, I guess. Um, but that's how the song came about. Um, it's all about, it was a really, a really therapeutic writing, writing period for me. Yeah. And how did it come about that you entered it into Eurovision? Um, well, we, we actually been in talks with, um, the broadcaster here, um, for a few years. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't writing with, with Eurovision in mind. Yeah, of course. Because, because, because there, I knew that also after Duncan, there would be so many people and so many songs that, that, who, 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 yeah, that were potential candidates, and it, and it all all depended on, on what they selected. Um, but as soon as I, I didn't grow, I knew that if there was a song that I would want to use as my introduction to this huge big audience, um, then it had to be grow, mm. and um, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and you've definitely got more material inside of you. So like the next song you're going to yeah. write, have you got in your head? I mean, you might not even be in that space yet, but do you have an idea of how you'd like to follow it up next year or what you might tinker with or change or the kind of style that you'll go for? Or have you got something hidden away in like a bottom drawer somewhere that you're like, ah, that's what I'm saving. That's my big one. That's it. No, I, I do have unreleased songs. Huh? Um, I don't think that those are potential songs that I would like to uh, uh, use but I like to switch things up mm. so I don't know what it's going to be yet which is fun and exciting because it's, it's I'm like at the beginning of this creative process and I'm just like finding ways to be inspired and it's it's really fun um, but I definitely want to do something else so it's not going to be mm. the, the second part of Grow. Maybe it is, but sonically, I do want to do something else and something because I get bored really easily when I when I like um, 
Yeah, when, when I when I do the same things over and over again, I, I, I like to 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 be to stay challenged and excited about what I'm doing. So um, it's going to be just a very experimental phase these these next few few months yeah. trying to figure out what I can do with my sound. And how do you kick off that songwriting process? Is it just something that you're like, hmm, today I'm just going to try and write a song or do you have some time off or do you put yourself in a studio? How does it work? Uh, well, I have this home setup studio thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, um, and the way I work is just, I, 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 um, I write down ideas and or lines that that I hear that are inspiring, whether they're from movies or series or just conversations with my friends. I just um, just gather um, in, inter- interesting things and lines or concepts, and um, then every now and then I, I go into my little studio and then I it's just it's like a puzzle, just mm. linking things and just reflecting on them and and seeing what kind of emotions uh, yeah uh, yeah what kind of emotions i'm feeling at that moment um but i always try to to do some i was i also always try to give it give it time uh, when i was 15 i used to write like three songs a night with my twin brother but now i'm like okay i just i give it time to to to, yeah, to develop. Hey, uh, the other thing that I needed to ask you about was how important do you think the Eurovision stage is for queer artists? So people from the LGBT community, how important is it as a queer artist, but also for the queer audience watching that? I think the visibility that stage gives to queer artists is so important and also important, I think, to, to the audience audience watching it. I've um, I've gotten messages, personal messages on my socials from people from all over Europe, um, telling me that 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 they're inspired by my openness about my sexuality, um, telling me about their situations in their countries that 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 they don't experience the same freedom. Um, and I might not, you know, be, I might not be able to help them directly, but I think um, that seeing someone who is confidently um, and fiercely just 100% themselves and living living their truth, I think the power of that is not not to be underestimated. I think that's very important. Mm. Um, and I guess, especially from the point of view is sometimes I think the Eurovision Song Contest can be a little bit too white and we don't necessarily mm. acknowledge people of colour in the way that they, mm. they should be on that platform. Well, um, that's, that's quite important too, right? To be yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a role model, a queer person of colour being on the world's biggest yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, true. And also when I think about my home country, Suriname, mm. um, there aren't that many, or yeah, there aren't that many queer artists uh, talking about the sexuality. Yeah, probably some of them are queer, but they're not. They're not talking about it, and I think I do think that the diversity within that representation and its visibility is also important. And um, yeah, but I do I do think Eurovision this year had a lot of colored people also. Yeah. So that's that's uh, I was. Um, 
pleasantly surprised by that. <laughs> it, it's certainly getting more diverse, and it's been long overdue. Yeah. And I do think, um, yeah. I do think, as the quality of the competition um, kind of uh, just accelerates, yeah. and also the ability to watch these shows, uh, the national finals from all over the place. So yeah. there's there's no longer um, you know one person in a room picking the song for country X. It's no. the national broadcaster putting forward a selection of people. And with that, you tend to get a more diverse range of, of sounds yeah. and types of people as well. So I'm so yeah. pleased about that. It's, it's yeah. been long overdue, you know, and yeah. who are your favorite uh, Eurovision artists of all time? And what are your top three Eurovision songs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, of all time. Well, uh, well, you're going to say like Celine Dion, right? Because if you go on about Mariah Celine. Carey and Whitney, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Celine. Yes, I love Celine. I love Celine. Oh, my God, I love Celine. So that would be, we have to be num- my number one. <laughs> and also, do you know what I, I kind of realised today, and I'd completely forgotten about this, but Cher entered San Remo like 50 years ago. <laughs> she didn't win it, obviously, but she entered San Remo with Sonny. In like 1958 or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna have to check on Wikipedia <laughs> after this call because I'm sure I haven't made this up, but I'm pretty sure she was there. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I love Cher too. My mom brainwashes with Cher's uh, Believe album. Oh, well, she's, <laughs> she's doing another ABBA album. She's releasing Chikatita in uh, on Friday tomorrow. So yeah, and, and all the second ABBA album. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just love that she carries on and does her own thing. And, you know, like, I just, if I was half the person that she is at her age, I would be happy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. She's such uh, a goddess. (laughs) (laughs) And about the the, the songs. um, um, Well, I do do, do love uh, uh, Abba. Yeah, of course. So, Waterloo, Waterloo yep. is amazing. Um, I do have to say Duncan because it's, he's a, 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 a from my generation and a peer, yeah, and so it's a really, it was really inspirational to, to 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 see him go and do that with such a great song and such a performance. Who do you think would have been your biggest competitors this year, and what was your favorite song? I think Iceland. I think Iceland was definitely, uh, and, and the thing is, I also, if, if, they, if they would win, I would also be so very happy for them because I really, I really, that's, I think that's my favorite song from this year. Because, mm. um, yeah, it's just really funky and, and happy and, and, and groovy and like the whole dancing thing. I haven't seen it live, but um I just just loved the sound, and it was also yeah, a different flavor for Eurovision, I guess. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so I think that, that's the first name and the first act that came to mind when you asked me that question. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, you, do you think they would have won then? I I do think so. <laughs> I, it's so hard to predict because isn't it? It is hard to predict because this. It, it, it all depends on 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 the performance in in the end, right? Yeah, and then how well on, on in how on how well that's executed on the, on on the night of the finale. 
Um, but I do like that. Um, I covered Tears Getting Sober um, by Bulgaria for the Hong concert. Oh, that's another really good one. So you've been enjoying the Eurovision at Home concerts and all the other bits and pieces around that. Have you got anything planned over the next few weeks that fans can look forward to? If I have something to for my fans to look forward to. Well, I, last week I just released um, a, an acoustic version of Grow, which was... Uh, a piano version shot at um, Concertgebouw in Amsterdam, which is which is a really beautiful hall with with, acoust- with great acoustics. And there's also a video accompanying. Uh, yeah, there's also a video to it. Um, and what am what am I doing? What am I doing the <laughs> next <laughs> week? It's so hard to keep track of things, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, you're a pop star. I'm, I, I'm nowhere on that level of exciting things coming up in my life, but I can't even plan breakfast. It's so <laughs> difficult when all the days are blurring into one right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's so that's true. But I think because um, you're here in, in the Netherlands, um, there is some excited as excitement still about mm. the, the the alternative uh, program on the 16th. Yeah, so I'm doing a few interviews, um, a few performances on Dutch in Dutch media. Um, after that, yeah, I think I'm I'm using my time to write new music. So um, I don't know, but you know, my fans can follow me. And, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and where can people find you on the internet? Well, on Instagram, mm-hmm. I think Instagram is my favorite platform. I, I, I really love that. Um, and I also Facebook and Twitter. Um, but Instagram, that's the most personal, I guess. I, I like, yeah, I like just, a, it's a really personal platform, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And have you got any music coming out soon? Um, I don't. I don't have anything planned yet because... I have to make make new music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I th- I I think definitely in the fall there 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 will be a new song because um, I do want to release music before um, releasing the next Eurovision song. Right, and that's that's so weird as well because I guess musicians in the past they find out that they're going to Eurovision maybe in yeah. October November sometimes even later. So they've got no time to plan it, but you've got a whole year where you can go, okay, well, I'm just going to keep, you know, building my fan base, putting out music, showing people what I can do, and then just go bam and release something amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, um, I, I, at least we have something to look forward to, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and what's the first thing you're going to do when lockdown is completely over? completely yeah um i think i'm gonna go out dancing probably yeah <laughs> and hug and and just hug everybody and <laughs> just hug everyone <laughs> well it's so weird not to have that uh, be able to touch people isn't it like i i nearly cried the this sounds so sad but like <laughs> the only interaction like with touching another living thing was i was in the park two days ago and a butterfly landed on my hand <laughs> And I lost it. I just couldn't keep it together at that point. I was like, it's moving on me. This is so lovely. It's beautiful and sad, but it's, it's, it's also um, like life is, life is so much slower now. Yeah. So like I was sitting, um, um, we, I was like, taking a walk with my boyfriend and we were sitting um, by the water 
And at one point, we were just looking at the ducks, and it's like talking about how beautiful a duck is, really, oh. like all the feathers. So, like, <laughs> you do get to appreciate like things that you don't know that notice usually. Jongu, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, I really hope that we get to see you soon. I hope that you do some gigs in London, maybe at some point. I that I would love to at some point. Um, I, I and I think um, as soon as it's possible. I, I would love to tour Europe. Um, I did some gigs in Germany before and Paris and uh, Belgium, but the UK is definitely on my list. Awesome. Have you been before? I've never been. Oh, okay. We'll I've show you been. a night out in London. Yes. <laughs> Bring your boyfriend. We'll take you to the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me and I hope you have a fantastic evening. Thank you. I hope you have a fantastic evening too. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love Jean-Gu. Thank you so much for talking to me. I can't wait to see you perform live. I can't wait for live music in general, but specifically, I can't wait to see you perform live. So that will be a treat in the future. As Jongu said, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter is where you can find me, at Rob Holly. I'm still running the Eurovision Again rewatches every Saturday night. Just follow at Eurovision Again on Twitter and be ready for 8pm UK time or 9pm CEST. I still don't know what those acronyms mean. I'm guessing Central European Sexy Time? Not sure. Anyway, we've done Brighton, Birmingham, Riga, Stockholm, and we'll continue to do Eurovision again on a weekly basis throughout June, and then we'll see what happens with the lockdown. Anyway, it's time for me to go to bed. So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with some more Vision again. Uh, Please do like and subscribe to this podcast. It really, really helps. Thank you so much. And I will chat to you later. Bye. (laughs) 